Welcome to this week's episode of My Big Gay Podcast with me, Benji. And me, Brad, giving you the life, the loves and lows of living in London. Two gays, one city. What, what could, could possibly, possibly go, go wrong? Gosh, I nearly choked on popcorn then. Why are you still eating popcorn? I've told you to get that out of your mouth. I am starving. I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> and then you always make me drink alcohol. <laughs> and otherwise I can't get my sentences out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you drinking right now, babes? Right, don't judge me. I've cracked open, not a mini, but a big bottle of Prosecco. For one? <laughs> yes. What kind of afternoon have you set yourself in for? A lonely afternoon. All right. <laughs> okay, no, I've never felt more single. This thing is huge. I might as well just swig it from the bottle. I'm drinking from the bottle. Smash me if you're listening. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you been, mate? And what are you drinking? To be honest, I feel a little bit tipsy. I've um, had a few Proseccos already and um, I'm on a... Uh, well, I made myself a homemade porn star martini because you know me, I love a porn star in my mouth. Great. Um, so, <laughs> so you're ho- sorry, homemade porn star martini. So you mm. opened the funkin' cardboard pre cocktail mix <laughs> and then you whacked in some sort of spirit, you shook it a little bit. And it's now a homemade porn star martini. Right. This is actually not correct. I have a whole cocktail set that I purchased many years ago because I love making cocktails. Which is still in the box. And you <laughs> took out the cardboard <laughs> porn star martini premix, poured it in the glass and added some spirit. No, seriously. I have a whole like cocktail set. I love making cocktails when I host parties. I always make cocktails and things. So yeah, I've made myself a really fancy porn star martini. Okay. I will accept the fact you may have made it. I will not accept the fact that it's fancy. <laughs> Well, you can try one when you come to my Halloween party, can't you? I'd rather not. <laughs> I haven't RSVP'd for that. You have. You said 100% be there, can't wait. Did I? Well, maybe I made that in my head, but I just assumed you were coming. <laughs> God, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me though. I've drunk so much in the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, because you've been back in London with me and we've been out and about in the town, haven't we? Well, I've also been out without you, which has been great. But yeah, I've just been drinking like five, six nights a week. It's just, I've drunk more in the last two weeks than I think I have in the last two years. You're welcome. <laughs> For what? For the life and soul of the party. But we had a good night, didn't we, this week? We've, well, we had a couple of good nights because we went to go and watch um, various drag queens, including the amazing Ruby Violet at Cancer is a Drag, raising money for Macmillan Charity, which obviously is a brilliant cause. Yeah, it was amazing. It was at Two Bros in Clapham. Have we, have we spoken about Two Bros before, Brad? I've never heard of that venue. No, never I. But it's a really good one <laughs> in Clapham. You should go. And yeah, Cancer is a Drag, it was amazing. Um, there were so many queens, like you said. Ruby Violet, who, my gosh, she's so hilarious. Like, I know we've had her on the podcast we've, and we've chatted to her on Instagram and messaging. Like, we know that she's good bands. It is next level watching her perform. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah. She does not miss a trick. Honestly, if you have the opportunity to go watch her, just go. It's so good. She performs all over in fact, all over the country. Just mm. check her out on her Instagram. It's, it, it's a good laugh. But yeah, what a great night it was. Really great. I even got a lap dance. You weren't supposed to tell people about that, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not from you. Ew, oh no. Oh, we think she protests too much. <laughs> and then obviously, Brad, the next night we went to Wimbledon, slightly closer to Mars. My home at mm-hmm. uh, CMYK bar, which, like we have mentioned before, is the first LGBTQ plus bar in Wimbledon, darling. Yes, and we went to see a, a live viewing of, or showing, I should say, of 
of the latest episode of Drag Race with Kitty Scott Claus was there. She was hosting. She was Bance, weren't she? She was so funny. She's so funny. We'll come back to that. But she also hosted alongside Monroe Adams and also uh, Rosie Zinfandel, who were like the local hosts of the bar, mm-hmm. which was super fun. And Kitty brought along the one and only Electra Fence. <laughs> Okay, I have a story about that. I know exactly which story you're... <laughs> right, so just to give everyone a bit of, you know, backstory. Sure. We watched it. It was super fun. They sang. It was great. We went up to the bar. We, we chatted to Kitty and Electra. Kitty then was going to do another song. So we all got drinks and went back to our seats. Electra came and sat with us. Um, and then Kitty finished her song, came and sat down, having a lovely old time. And then I was minding my business, chatting to Kitty about, <laughs> about Drag Race. And then this happened well not gonna lie i thought Electra was flirting with me a little bit to be honest like the conversation was flowing like the bounce was good i would just like to remind you yes that Electra is very much in a relationship <laughs> that was openly said on tv and to your face about five times every time you tried to touch his leg <laughs> regardless we were having a good chat and then Electra at one point said oh my god you're such good bands you're a right hunk <laughs> Now, I heard hunk. So I said to you, well, I said to Electra first, I said, no one has ever called me that. Thank you so much. And then I turned to you and was like, Benji, Electra just said I was a hunk. And she turned around and said, no, I called you a hun. (laughs) So this is why when you say like, actually, loads of people are complimenting me on my perm. I'm like, well, did you really hear them correctly? Or was it more like, oh, you got a perm? (laughs) And you think you're you're listening to, oh my God, I love your perm. Filled in the gaps, didn't I? Yeah, filled in the gaps. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. No, you didn't even fill the gaps. You just scratched out the entire thing and made, <laughs> made your own compliment altogether. No, oh my goodness. What a fantastic night. If you can get to any of the Drag Race viewing parties, particularly the one at CMYK Bar, because we did have a great time and we do plan to go back. They're, um, most of them are on every Thursday, I think, which is when obviously the Drag Race episode comes out. So do go along and watch one. They are super fun. They happen all over the country. So just find a bar near you and go and enjoy but my goodness kitty scott claus now i've already fangled over on the podcast for we've had her on she is just a laugh a minute yeah and it's like pure comedy gold none of these like reruns of jokes it's nothing that you've heard before it is just witty quick and in the moment which is just everything i love and i actually think i have an ever so slight crush on kitty scott claus do you know what? I also have a slight crush on her because I'm enjoying her on Drag Race anyway, but watching her host the viewing party, because what they do, listeners, if, you, if you've never been to a viewing party before, you watch the episode for a bit, like say 10, 15 minutes, and they pause it and they go to the drag queen and the drag queen like tells you all the backstage gossip. So we found mm, out yeah. so much juicy goss, didn't we, about what goes on behind the scenes. But Kitty does that in a really funny way and was like saying all these jokes and got all the crowd going. It was really, really funny. And then when we were chatting to her afterwards, again, she was with it, the bands, the jokes, the the references, like she, as you say, so quick, so on it all the time. Also, because obviously all the Rue girls are bound by contract whilst this um, yes. the seasons are playing. So she doesn't give anything away for future episodes at all. In fact, she she's very good at not giving anything away even for that episode that they're about to play yeah she's so good at not ruining any moment um but it's just yeah the little bits of information she does give you about like what happened after a scene was shot or like little things like that they're just it's a really good insight and you wouldn't get that anywhere else if you can go watch them live i'd really recommend it a hundred percent so go and watch some podcasters you'll have the best time we certainly did So Benji, other than hanging out with me, which probably was the highlight of your week, 
what else have you been up to? I know what you're trying to do here. <laughs> you're trying to lead me down, you know, confession alley. I'm trying to lead you down the park. Well, I <laughs> don't wish to be led down the park. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for on this week's episode <laughs> of My Bigger Bloggers. Okay, I'm going to ask you yes or no questions. You just reply with yes or no. Okay. Benji, have you been to the park this week? Yes. Benji, did you go to the park at night time? Yes. Did you go to the park with a gentleman friend? Yes. <laughs> Podcasters, I think we can see where this conversation's going. <laughs> Benji, did you go to the park that was right opposite Her Royal Majesty, Her Highness, the Queen of England? Yes. And <laughs> um, Benji, did you do potentially naughty things in the park right in front of the palace? So what have you been up to this week, Brad? (laughs) Honestly, I am flabbergasted by this. I can't believe you did naughty things outside the palace. Why? Just two queens and a queen, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Honestly, she would be horrified if she knew what was going on in her back garden. Nah, she'd love it. (laughs) She's like, oh, go on, keep going, spiffing, (laughs) y'all. Good show, young man. That's the spirit. (laughs) Pip, pip. (laughs) Pip Pip-a-bold chum. (laughs) No, but seriously, I can't believe you did naughty things in the park. That is, I mean, I'm up for an adventure, but that is like crossing the line. Why is that crossing the line? I've told you this before. I... I'm not quite as vanilla as people might think I am. That is true. We have branded you the name hashtag secret slut. (laughs) And I embrace that. I'm fine with it. But the thing is, like, it's cold. I don't want to be naked in a park at this time of year. Okay, listen, I really don't want to go into this because I don't know who's listening and it is not fair. All I will tell you is... We don't want another lawsuit against us, is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, all I'll tell you is it was not cold. Oh, Steamy. Get your filthy paws off my <laughs> silky jaws. <laughs> so, podcasters, you know on the podcast we like to talk about every aspect of LGBTQ plus life, including the hilarious stories, but also including ones that are very close to mine and Brad's heart and information that we really feel that it is our duty to pop out there to uh, educate people that don't know or don't have access to know about. So, We do have a very, very special and very brave guest coming Mm. on the podcast any moment. Uh, His name is Marvin, and not that long ago, he tested positive for HIV, and he has offered to come on the podcast and share his experience of the whole situation from the beginning up until current day. Um, Like we said, we do normally like to talk about jokes. This one is a bit more serious. Even if you feel that you know everything there is to know about it, you don't know somebody's individual story. And sometimes Mm. listening to somebody else's individual story could really help you pass on advice to somebody else. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast. It's Marvin. Yes. Hey, Hey, Marvin. How's it going? I'm good. Thank you, babe. How are you? Oh, I am great. Thank you. Fabulous. First main question. What are you drinking right now? I've got a cheeky vodka soda down, haven't we? On a clear spirit. <laughs> <laughs> vodka soda, skinny vibes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so skinny. Do you put fruit in it or is that a bit step too far? Oh, no, darling. No, just, <laughs> straight up. Eating is cheating. <laughs> yeah. Just a cheeky one cube of ice, maybe. <laughs> oh, just the one. Yeah. Two is too many. Yeah, you don't want to make it weak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she likes it strong. She likes a strong one. <laughs> 
absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, Marvin, I'm so glad that we finally got you on the podcast. I know we've been talking about getting you on for a little while now. So mm. I am so thrilled that you've, uh, you're have you with us today. I know that you've been out and about working in London and in, yeah. in the theatre scene in London. How has that all been going? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, obviously, with everything that's happened over the last year and stuff, it's just been a bit crazy. But like I it went from zero to a hundred. Mm. <laughs> so it's just been a bit mad. Like I got called back into the show that I was formerly in with like an hour's rehearsal. Wow. And then it was just like, okay, cool, go. Oh my goodness. So it's just been a bit crazy really. Yeah. But you know, we love it. We enjoy it. So. Cause obviously you were doing the show before lockdown happened. Right. And then as we know, the West End closed and it's now come back to life. So you've yeah. just been back to full steam ahead yeah. performing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like it, as I said, like it just went from zero to a hundred. I went from working as an Argos delivery driver, wow. <laughs> giving the people what they need, uh, <laughs> to literally back on the stage. And it's yeah, I'm very thankful, very very thankful. What was the biggest difference you found, like coming back to theatre after the pandemic? I think it was more of the fa- like the fact that you couldn't really be around anyone too much. Like the minute you came off stage, you had to go straight back to your dressing rooms. Like you weren't allowed to mingle in like the backstage area or anything like that. So it was just, it could kind of like took away the vibe Mm. that you had doing shows. Like the whole love of it was being able to like in warm up, hang about and stuff and like chat during the show and everything, but not being able to do that made it kind of very lonely in a weird in a weird way Mm. yeah that makes sense yeah totally and do you feel like that sort of the new rules as it were are here to stay or do you think it's just temporary i mean i hope not (laughs) i really hope not because it it does it takes away like that connection as like with the cast with the crew everything like that it takes away all of that love and that unity Mm. like if you're not able to like connect with each other it just makes it feel like a completely different vibe. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hope I hope not. But I mean, we all thought this pandemic was going to last like a couple of months, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Because <laughs> yeah. were you sharing a dressing room with other people at the same time? Yeah, yeah. So you you were seeing those people regularly and hanging out with those, but you weren't allowed to go to the other dressing rooms. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Right. So literally, once you came off stage, you just had to go straight back to your dressing room. weren't allowed to go into anyone else's dressing room at all. Wow. Like even initially, I think the guy said that um, they. <laughs> I mean, not I don't know how they know, but you weren't allowed to hang out outside of work as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit like mm, okay. I don't know how you're gonna kind of like police that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like going down to warm up, uh, it was only the like the ensemble that were allowed to do warm up together. Everyone else had to do a warm up in their dressing room. Like it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm not about it. No, I I know someone that's just gone off on a tour and they're they're touring on a bus, uh, like a tour bus. Yeah. And when they're not sort of backstage, she's actually doing the makeup. But when she's not doing the makeup, she has to go back to her hotel room, and she's not allowed to leave her hotel room until she then goes back to work or back on the bus to travel to the next location. Like oh, they literally, and so there's no socialising at all. It's almost like yeah. sort of house arrest. <laughs> it's like your own mini lockdown. Yeah. Yes, yeah, strict, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> like it takes away all the joy of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that the West End's reopened. I'm sure you've had a blast going back to doing what you love to be doing. Yeah, like absolutely loved it. Like loved going back into the show and like being able to close Jamie with the family and stuff like that. And yeah, it's been a joy. I'm glad that the Westerns got to open again. 
and people have got to see theater and yeah see what they love absolutely so marvin we were talking after it's a sin came out earlier this year and um on the podcast we were talking about uh hiv awareness and the aids uh, epidemic back in the 80s and 90s Mm. and just about how that's affected life and and sort of nowadays how it's so important to get tested and know your status yeah so we're very much champions of that on the podcast yeah. anyway fabulous and i'm so glad that you've you've come on today to share your story and, and help promote that message yeah well thank you i'm so glad that like people get any awareness now and things like this are coming mm. out and people are seeing that like hopefully the stigma will start to change and people will start to get tested more and like understand more about it and everything like that yeah absolutely because i'm assuming you watched it's a sin as well oh yeah yeah quite like a baby (laughs) (laughs) absolutely bald yeah so what do you think the difference is between that period of time which was the um sort of late 80s early 90s to nowadays well it's the fact that like we have the tools and the understanding to live now Mm. really like Mm. obviously back then it was a crazy time and no one really knew what was happening or how to fix it or look after people but now we have the tools to live a normal healthy not a healthy life sorry um and it's it's so quick and easy to be sorted Mm. like when i found out i literally um became undetectable within a month Wow. Wow. Which I think is just absolutely mental. But yeah. again, so, so unbelievably thankful that like um, the doctors and everything that I had and they were so easy to talk to and patient and just made it work. Yeah. And like so easily accessible. Mm. And obviously back then they had none of that. So it's that was a scary time, but we're very lucky now. Yeah. So obviously, Marvin, before you went and sort of got tested and, and found out, like, what was, how much did you know about it prior to all of that? Did you feel like well-educated on the subject or? Oh, not no. at all. <laughs> not, uh, not at all. Like, uh, me and one of my best friends, we were both kind of just a bit naive to it. Like, I didn't really know too much about it, apart from, like, the the epidemic that happened and everything. But... I didn't massively know how you catch it or mm. like what could be done, or especially what could be done with it after. Yeah. Like I had, had no clue or really like the difference between HIV and AIDS wasn't a prominent thing, mm. um, which is bad, especially being in like our generation and stuff. We should know more about it, but it was never taught or shown to us unless you literally look it up and to be honest not probably none of us would ever randomly just want to look it up yeah so you just kind of just went on with it didn't you really yeah so yeah and i know you mentioned earlier that your status now is undetectable yeah um would you be happy to explain what that means to listeners who maybe have not have heard that term before yeah of course so undetectable means that um the HIV load is, is obviously still inside of me, but it's it's so low that it's undetectable and untransmittable. So it means that I can't pass it on and no one can contract it from me. Um, I, I'm quite lucky. I take one tablet a day and that's it. So that keeps my viral load um, at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I live a normal, healthy life. 
like no one can contract the virus off me and I'll live a normal, healthy life. Wow. Right. Yeah. So going back to when you sort of, the day or the moment that you found out that you had tested positive, yeah. what was the process straight away from that moment? Like, did you feel very supported by sort of um, like doctors, the NHS or who, whoever it was that was helping you or what was the process there? So I found out uh, while I was in Brighton, uh, two weeks after my birthday. And um, but I was like, I was very, very lucky. I had like four amazing friends around me. But literally that, they called me and told me. Um, so I travelled straight back up to London, went straight to Dean Street. Uh, they tested me again then and said that it was positive. And then that was it straight away. They took about 10 to 15 vials of blood to do like tests and things. Right. Um, and the nurse like explained everything. And then a week later I came back in and got some, uh, got medication and they got me on it straight away. Mm. And that happened in like November. And then I took another blood test just before Christmas. And then come January, I was undetectable. Wow. And she was absolutely brilliant. She just explained how it all kind of works. She explained U equals U to me, which is obviously um, undetectable equals untransmittable. Mm-hmm. Um, explained how the medication would work and like if I was if I had any allergies to like lactose or gluten or anything, which I was gluten intolerant at the time. Um, how there's different medications that could work and whether I need to take one tablet or three or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also explained like if you miss your medication, how that all works. But yeah, they're just on it. And then I, I went every, I think I went every month for like the first couple of months. And then they were like, cool, well, you're undetectable now. So every six months you just come back in and get my bloods done. So it checks all my liver, which is fine. Surprisingly, I don't have alcohol poisoning. That's great. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so I get all my blood, like they test everything like, inside which is actually fantastic because i would yeah. never get that checked otherwise mm-hmm. um and yeah that's it now i just take i go back when i need my bloods done every six months and medication topping up yeah and that's it they're absolutely amazing I'm just so sort of, I guess, shocked at how fast that process happened from finding out yeah. to the whole service to then being undetectable like in a couple of months. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, obviously, as I said, I didn't really know much about it before, but that just, it blew mine and all my friends' minds as well, the fact that, like, how quick it happened. Mm. I mean, she did say that I have quite a strong, like, immune system, so my my viral load wasn't actually too high because I'd caught it quite quick. Right. So that's why it went down really, really quick. Sure. Um, but also my other levels that kind of fight it were really high as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, just literally within a month. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. So you must have found out that you're positive very recently after contracting it. Is that right? Is that why it then was so much quicker for you to become undetectable? Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically found out um, five weeks after I contracted it. Because mm. I I think they say it's like six, it can, yeah, it can, it's between like four and six weeks mm. or something like that, that you kind of need to get tested to see. Mm. So yeah, it was really quick. Wow. Yeah. 
And were you testing regularly at the time or was it just sort of by a chance that you were testing and, and you got the results? Yeah, I, I, I test kind of regularly anyway, but I'm a bit like whenever I see it with someone, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay get tested, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That's not a bad thing. No, That's a really good thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I just like to do it for my own peace of mind. Because, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not spoken about enough sort of in the – sort of the media eye directly at the people that need to hear it so obviously just recently on uh drag race uk one of the queens has just come out saying that they're also undetectable and their process through it yeah which i think is such a breakthrough moment because we have so many younger generations who watch drag race and look up to it Mm. now's the time we need to be feeding all this sort of positive reinforcement back into something that is has such a stigma behind it and people don't talk about it and actually now we can you know make it so that people can become undetectable and not spread it on the only thing now that's really going to start killing people is the stigma itself yeah yeah it's definitely that it's because yeah because people get so scared by it but but because they're just still fed information from what it was before Mm. and that's not that's nowhere near the case now um I think people need to stop focusing on what happened in like what happened in the past was horrendous but that was also the breakthrough that made us be able to get to where we are now yeah yeah and people need to focus on that and educate themselves on that because it's important Mm -hmm. but then it's also it also shows you that like life like life is normal once you do contract hiv so like Mm. i'm glad that things like that with drag race and stuff it is getting spoken about properly and like people can watch that and be like oh okay like i can understand a bit more bit by bit that is so important. I think it's so interesting that you're saying all this because when I was at school and we yeah. had sex education classes, I don't ever recall them talking about um, gay sex or yeah. HIV <laughs> or anything like that at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I just had never had that knowledge, right? And obviously, yeah. uh, you know, sort of was brought up in a hetero environment. So again, no one was telling me that information or yeah. those experiences. And I remember when I came out to my mum, one of the the things that she was worried about was the gay lifestyle and culture. And that's because she grew up during the 80s and 90s and obviously yeah. when, when the AIDS uh, epidemic was at its height yeah. and was worried for my health because she just doesn't know any different. That's all she was just, she knows what she knows from the news from back in the day. Yeah. And as you say, things have changed so much since then. Um, and it's about now making that awareness and that knowledge available to all generations so that we can stamp out this stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It needs to be like across the board because it's not just obviously the gay community that get it. Anyone can get it. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was exactly the same with me. Like my mum, my mum was the same when I came out. She like was um, freaked out and stuff like that and was worried. But it's because my mum's um, my cousin, he had HIV. And um, I think he was really ill with it because obviously it was a different time then. Yeah. So like when I contracted it, I went home and told um, my parents, my mum, like that was the first thing she was just like, I'm just worried about you. And I was like, mum, like I'm, I'm sat here and I'm absolutely fine. Like I get it. I get it because I'm not saying it was an easy thing for me to kind of uh, accept and acknowledge because yeah. it wasn't. But she like that was what she first freaked out about it but like my dad he um I kind of explained the whole process to him and like how I had to take a tablet a day and it's (laughs) it's gonna sound weird but like I really respected and appreciated it he was like oh so it's like 
for my diabetes, I take a tablet a day to just like keep that on a level. So yeah. it's the same sort of thing. I was same like, thing. well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's weird to like compare it to diabetes, but that's how we processed it. And it was just like, yeah, it's a tablet a day and that's, that's it. That's just what kind of like keeps you going. It's like, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think people need to understand more as well is it is like you or you you're taking a tablet a day that is it just like you take your vitamins every day yeah like my body hasn't like changed that much like it that's it just is what it is Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm assuming you're still very sexually active and living your best life yeah i am like i I was i was worried at first Mm -hmm. um but yeah now it's fine like it's obviously one of those things that you don't have to tell people you can if you want yeah mm-hmm. but again like i'm untransmittable so i'm not harming or affecting anyone so it's just yeah like anyone else really mm. yeah and the thing is these days it's so easy to get tested you've already mentioned dean street obviously um in central yeah. london but i mean wherever if you're listening at home wherever you are there'll be an nhs clinic somewhere that you can call up and get a test either at the clinic or sent to your house Absolutely. and i mean these days we're we're all testing ourselves constantly for coronavirus there is really no difference in getting a test for yeah. that and getting a test yeah. to double check or not if you're testing positive or negative for hiv and then taking the medication that you then need is I want. I don't want to say that it's just standard these days, but if the help is there, yeah, it, it's not about if you test positive or negative. It's about what you do after that and how you sort of recover from it. And like you say, just live your best life from it mm, normally. Yeah. yeah. So I really hope that after you know, if we get anything good out of COVID, it's to try and actually help break the stigma of testing ourselves with various things. Yes. And sort of taking the action that we need. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So any sort of advice you would give to our listeners who maybe are worried or want to know any more information about HIV? Like, as you said, just make sure you're just testing. Just be sensible with your decisions. If you are having, like, cheeky nights with cheeky boys and stuff <laughs> like that, um, yeah, just be, just be sensible, Yeah, really. And do your research. Like, there's so much on the internet about uh, about HIV and how you can contract it and how it is passed on and everything like that so just mm. educate yourselves like, absolutely because it's, it's just it's, it's important just as like you educate yourself on anything else educate yourself on that just to be aware mm-hmm. just so you can be like okay this is how I actually get it not like word of mouth or you can get it through this 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 is whatever mm-hmm. this is how i actually can contract it this is how i can look after myself and this is how i can be sensible with it and then that's how we can stop this whole negativity of it spreading yeah yeah. And we're massive advocates here on the podcast of regular testing anyway. Mm. Myself and Benji, we do get tested regularly um, because it's just good to know your status. Absolutely. I even did one live on the podcast and it <laughs> was did. so simple to do. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, and don't get me wrong, like it is, I totally appreciate that people are nervous to do it, but actually mm. it's so easy. I got it sent straight to my house. I literally did it in my room, sat on my bed. Yeah. And the result, it was one of those ones that you get the result at home. Mm. Yeah. It was so simple. and you know the more we do that the better yeah it's just a couple of swabs in it <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh well marvin thank you so so much for coming to join us on this week's episode on the podcast thank you for having me really appreciate it now i know you've got a few little adventures coming up so you're out and about performing again right yeah so yeah i'll be uh joining the cast of bring it on 
uh, which is touring up and down the UK. Yeah. Yes. Which is very exciting. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the UK premiere of Bring It On? Yes. So, yeah, it's, it, was, it was obviously in America. But, yeah, so we're the first cast to bring it over here. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank That's amazing. You. And what are your cheerleading skills like? <laughs> oh, honey, they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I love bring on the movie as well. I always used to do the ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. They're, like iconic, literally one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Amazing. Amazing. And that's, does that start off in London and then go on tour? So we open in Peterborough um, mm-hmm. and then we're in London over Christmas for seven weeks. And then we head out on a UK tour until July, I think it is. That is so exciting. Yeah. Well, myself and Benji will definitely come and see you in London. Yeah, 100%. Fab, I'll see you there with the pom-poms, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Marvin, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Marvin. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Yes, like we mentioned on the interview with Marvin, you can head to Dean Street if you are based in London. Uh, They do free testing. You can contact them through their website. Uh, It's really easy to find through the NHS website. Or if you'd rather phone call, you can call an amazing charity called Terence Higgins Trust. And the number for that is 0808-802-1221. That's the Terence Higgins Trust. And they will answer any questions that you have or worries that you might have on HIV and AIDS status. Brad, do you know what's really amazing about this story and why I'm so pleased and and proud of Marvin for coming on and sharing this is that he is at the top of his game, like job wise. He yes. is working the West End circuit. He's just closed a West End show and he's just about to go off with a premiere cast of a brand new show that's coming to the UK, around the UK. And like, if that doesn't say to someone, look, it doesn't matter the result of your test. What matters yeah. is you going to get your test yes. and taking the medication that you require to, you know, live out the best of your life with no issues medically. Like, I just, I just think good on him. I think what a role model. I think Marvin's story is so important for us to know about and to eliminate the stigma around HIV and your status. The thing that we would always encourage is to know your status. So go and get tested. If you need any further information, we did speak to the amazing Greg Owen, who spoke all things HIV and PrEP. That was in season one, episode 14. And in season two, episode 12, you actually did a HIV home self-test and we spoke about that and it's a sin and all the stigma around HIV then. So if you need any further information, check out those episodes. Yep. And I just want to confirm that my home test kit was free and it did give me the result within 15 minutes. So you can literally do this in the privacy of your bedroom. So really, other than being worried, which I totally understand, there is no excuse not to get tested. So go and do it now. But anyway, Brad, it is time to move on with the podcast. Yes, because it is now October. We're well into it, and this is my favorite holiday season. As you know, it's Halloween. Yes, it is Halloween, and Brad, we can now announce that we actually have 
another live show coming up. Not another one. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> so if you didn't manage to make the one that we had previously, we did have a lot of you writing saying you couldn't come. Well, this is us giving you at least two weeks notice mm. to book and come along to the Bridge Bar in Clapham to play my big gay game show, Halloween Ooh. edition. Spooky quiz show. <laughs> and of course, we will be dressing up. Benji, do you have your costume sorted? Yes, but I'm not telling you because you'll steal it again. <laughs> no, that was one time. You can let me off. I was inspired one year. Jesus. Sure. But <laughs> I suddenly thought, right, we didn't actually mention on the podcast, but we've surpassed now 40,000 downloads, which is uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, we never thought this would ever happen. So thank you so much to everyone who tunes in every week and listens to us. Yeah. I mean, I never thought that I would continue having any sort of conversation or connection with you. <laughs> but here we are. Um, but I was thinking, we said that at 50,000 that we would do Des. Mine was be, would be to come out in public as Lindsay with a D, which is my drag yes. <laughs> um, alter ego. And you were to dress up as sexy slutty Pikachu whoa 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 whoa! I think the dare was to dress up as Pikachu I don't know where the word sexy and slutty have come into this because I didn't sign up for that you're right and actually as Pikachu <laughs> would not be sexy or slutty um, but I suddenly thought if we managed to hit 50,000 downloads by the time we had our Halloween quiz show we could potentially host in those outfits you drive a hard bargain, Benji, but you know what? I sign up for the day and I'm here for it. Well, good, because the biggest thing you'll have to wear is a tail. I'll have to wear <laughs> heels and a, and a lace front wig. Kitty, can I borrow a lace front wig, please? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm excited for it. I love Halloween. Anyway, it is my favourite time of the year, so bring it on. Yes, and if you do want to come, you can book via the link in our bio on Instagram or head over to the Bridge Bar website, click, and you can book your table for free now. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of My Big Gay Podcast. If you do wish to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can. It's at Big Gay Podcast. Or sign up to our games list, which we're now calling it on our website, which is www.mybiggaypodcast.com, where you will get an email about all our future live and upcoming game shows. And as always, you can slip into those DMs. We love to hear from you. Just slide into at Big Gay Podcast. And if you're lucky, you'll get me reply to you. <laughs> And if you're even luckier, you'll get me. <laughs> Once again, if anything that you've heard on today's podcast has worried you at all, please just pop into our DMs. We read everything that comes through. Well, we try to, and we will respond. We have given out the number for the Terence Higgins Trust. But if you have any other worries at all, please send us a message and we will point you in the direction of somebody who should be able to help. But like I said, that is all we have time for on this week's episode. Until next time. See you next Wednesday. All right, so Benji, so you know that Halloween weekend, we've got three different events, but the main one is my party. What are you dressing up as for my party? I'm not telling you. I fully, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not joking, bitch. <laughs> I'm not telling you because you'll you'll copy me. But what, I will give you a little clue. I have bought yeah. a cheap, yes. very cheap, yeah. perm wig. <laughs> If you're going to go as me, I'll be absolutely furious. Oh, I gave it away. Was it the cheap or was it the perm wig? <laughs> well, I might have bought myself a ginger wig, so see you there, baby. Great, so you could be Jerry Halliwell or any other you know, successful ginger person. Name me one successful person with a perm below the age of 60. That's male. Play the jingle. <laughs>
My Big Gay Podcast would love, love, love to thank this month's subs. I mean subscribers. Ugh. Who are the following? Becky B, Vasilis, Jay, William Mealy, Jack, Joe Brown. As well as Richard, Mark, Tommy, Kendrick, Rob Houghton, Michael Leonard, and Marty. By subscribing, you're helping to keep my Big Gay Podcast free and accessible to the LGBTQ plus community around the world. Yes, and thanks to your generosity, we're now able to make the podcast transcribed so that those that are hard of hearing can also enjoy the podcast. It only costs less than a cup of coffee a month, and you can cancel at any time. Well, if you really want to. And don't forget, you'll also be added to our close friends list on Instagram for extra content just for your eyes. Oh, Benji, you're not going to make me put up nudes, are you? No, mate, we're trying to thank our following, not send them running. (laughs) 